Welcome aboard our vessel. I'll be your captain. Join me and my trusty ally, the cook, as we set sail through our relationship with music, film, literature, and everything in between, as well as our ongoing exploration into mental health and well-being. Anchors up. Go. Right, get in, get done, we'll go to the pub, yeah? Done. Is that the plan? That's the shortest <laughs> okay, episode cool. we've ever done. That's five seconds and we're done. This is Tara from me. Tara from in. I'll, I'll just do all the talking. But um, now nah, we'll, we'll do we'll do one. I think this one's, um, it's a biggie. It's a biggie. Um, oh, hello, people. People, shipmates, whatever we want to call you, we're back. Um, we haven't been on the beer. Uh, I think I just need a bit more coffee. But obviously we start off we do our check-ins you know we see how each other are doing and the challenges were a bit different because we i don't know well yeah we did them together didn't we yeah 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 you know, we, did. We, we shared them so what was your experience of the <laughs> challenge process shall we say first of all uh the nook do a bacon or a sausage bap and a coffee for a fiver don't they so that's just a real treat mm -hmm. isn't it so um and we love going there and we do try and it's normally our off the cuff isn't it but we actually had to go so we we're like yeah. right what day can we do it um, and we decided Friday because you quite kindly dropped me off to the station, didn't yes, you? Yes, yeah. Brin's Brin's taxi's open on a Friday as well. You know, so <laughs> yes, yeah, so, yeah. So I dropped I dropped you off. Um, I'm going to invoice you later. But also, actually, just touching on that, I've also I have cheated on you a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I have Nick, who we had on, the angry little Welshman. Um, he's been through a bit. Uh, so but now he's up and running again mm. uh, with the podcast. So. Yeah, fortunately, I, I got to record that, so I'll send some links when I'm out on there, mm. uh, so people can listen to me again talking about anger. You know, <laughs> something I bang on about. I'm clearly always angry, but also, yeah. So obviously, we, you know, we went and had a pint. Um, naturally, we went to the little TA. Where else? Um, and it was quite nice to wish Kath a happy birthday. It was you nice know, whilst, to whilst we were up there too. Um, but yeah, I. <laughs> I think the thing which I enjoyed the most was the fact that we got to play darts and just just have a, it was a quiet pub and we, we were just there had a pint and just threw some darts at each other yeah um, I'm still waiting surgery for the one bit but no and you know it's it's just good just to get together and just just chat about random crap you know because I know a lot of times we meet it's specifically about the podcast and it's to do this but actually to meet outside of that away from our wives as well, you know, so we can talk lovingly about them um, <laughs> and how nice they are. That's we definitely we, won't talk about the do. Beatles Get Back. We? No, we not at all. No, we no. were just talking about all the Christmas we should presents say thank we're going to shower them with. Yeah, well. thank, yeah. No, we should say thank you to Harry Foster. Yes. Yeah, our first Christmas gift, Yes, I believe. Um, yeah, kindly donated us some money to, to go and buy some pints. <laughs> Which I don't is, know that goes through the uh, counters you have to check. Uh, well, we won't, we won't tell anyone. We'll, yeah, yeah. He, he paid the pub directly. We didn't have any money. No, no, no money passed through our hands. It was all electronically. But no, really nice. And obviously, like I said, we really appreciate gifts. You know, we'll, we'll have anything. You know, we'll have a car, a house, a pint, a punch. You know, whatever you want whatever to give you us. Give you know, us. We'll, we'll take it and we'll give you a, a nice shower. But yeah, a really kind gesture that was. Okay, so it's time to welcome aboard. I was going to get rowdy. Let's just put that out there first. Okay. This bunch. Um, but what I want you to do for this one, Bryn, is just sit back, roll with it, take your time, say what you say, don't let anybody but me get in your way. <laughs> right. 
Except for when I'm talking. Okay, right, the fact you've then held eye contact with me the whole time then was quite unnerving. <laughs> so, yeah, so guys, this is a point where I say thanks for listening. Um, and, Tune out. Yeah, and I'll, I'm going to zone out for a little bit. If you hear snoring, don't worry. But I know this is a massive, massive, massive one for you. Yeah. Um, I know you've absolutely loved Steps for a long, long yeah. time. So, yeah. Take it away. You have to railroad it, don't you? Anyway, I try my best. Um, no, it's uh, it's one we've had requests for as well. Um, so the two Matt, Matt Osborne, <laughs> Matt Austin. I know you're out there listening. My uncle. Um, and when we put out before, I think saying, "Who would you like us to cover?" We had a few mm-hmm. on on these. Probably the biggest, one of the biggest uh, British bands of our lifetime, I suppose, maybe mm-hmm. ever. If you want to look at the, if you want to look at the stats, um, started by William Gallagher and uh, his mate Bonehead. I suppose, well, Bonehead actually already started the group with uh, with Tony McCarroll and Gwigsy. Um, and it's a band called The Rain. Have you heard of The Rain? Okay. Um, I've heard of the film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that um, Samara, I think, is the lead character in that. Just go on. Well, I'll, I want you I'll to, stop talking. I, I want you to imagine, basically, <laughs> that uh, this band is, so yeah, we've got Bonehead, we've got Tony McCarroll, and we've got Gwigsy, who are happily playing around Manchester. And I want you to picture you're a place called Burnage, in Manchester, um, and you're William Gallagher, later Liam Gallagher, and you get hit on the head by a hammer um, from a rival school because he was the it kid. Um, so someone fancied having a, a bit of a go at him and whacked him with a, a hammer. And he thanks that person to this day because apparently he wasn't really interested in music before, but from there he was just obsessed with being in band. He says that the guy hit the music into him mm. and he was friends with Bonehead anyway, knew they were in a band, and he came in and said, I'll join your band. Um, but you've got to change that awful name <laughs> from the rain. And he said, it's like Oasis, he just saw it everywhere. He's like, it's, you know, it's, it's not like as if, you know, it's an uncommon word. It's like there was Oasis kebabs, Oasis taxi ranks, and, and uh, Oasis and, to drink. Oasis to drink. It was just, there was a, a venue in Swindon called Oasis, but he just thought, out there on your own. That mm. was his thinking behind it. So you're like, yeah, it keeps coming up. We're going to go for it. So at this point, his brother is on tour around the world. Uh, so Noel's on tour with In Spiral Carpets, which are a big Madchester band um, of the time, which was all, if you want to th- if you don't know In Spiral Carpets, you, you know, it's like Happy Mondays, Primal Scream, that kind of music. Um, and he's the drum technician, um, but he gets fired <laughs> with his mate Mark Coyle because they were just um, apparently really hard to work with. And we'll go into a little bit about, you know, Noel's ways. I think it continued into Oasis after. But he finds out there's brothers in the band and he's just like, what? Because he'd always play guitars at home, play mm. music at home, and Liam would just never like being bothered. He comes back and goes to watch Liam at the boardwalk with his band and goes, they don't actually sound too too bad. But obviously Liam knew that Noel wrote songs, mm. and that's what they needed, because in Noel's words, Liam's songs were crap. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Lyrically, they were awful. Um, but Liam originally asked Noel just to be the band's manager. Um, and Noel's like... <laughs> I think you can get a better person to manage than me if I'm coming in I'm playing guitar and mm. he effectively immediately takes creative control which I think is something we'll come back to in terms of sibling rivalry and stuff like that um, but I'm, I was only going to take it probably over the next few years so they are taken up to um, invited up to Glasgow in 1993 by a group called the Sister Lovers from Manchester they um, one of their band members Debbie Turner was an ex-girlfriend of Alan McGee who is the head of Creation Records, which was like uh, Jesus and the Mary Chain and a few other bands, well, we can list off, I'm not going to bore people. Anyway, 
he showed up that night, Alan McGee, because mm. he knew his ex was going to be there purely to, he said, to mess with their head. But Oasis had gone with them, and apparently they almost didn't get into the venue because the guy's like, no, nah, you're not coming in, mate. And their sister lover said, well, if they don't come in, we're not going to play. So they like, finally let them in. They played like, a couple of songs and then sent Oasis on. Well, Alan McGee stood in the back with his uh, sister, and they play, and he hears the first song, and he goes, I like these. Second song, mm. I'm going to sign these. Third song, I'm definitely going to sign these. And then he goes up to Noel after and goes, hi, I'm Alan McGee, Creation Records. Do you fancy a deal? And that was it. They drive mm. back to Manchester like, wow. Definitely Maybe is the first album. Um, and when they recorded it and gave it to him, he was uh, Alan McGee, he was just people like, this is underwhelming. It doesn't sound like you sang when you're live. So Mark Coyle, who was a friend of Noel Gallagher's from Inspiral Carpets, got sacked with him. He set up all their live shows for Oasis. He he tried to do a mix on the album, sent it to Alan McGee. Nah, still, it's not right. Mm. You have to get a Welshman involved, don't you, Bryn? To keep your as they bring in Owen Morris, right? To do a mix on a very Welshy guy. Comes in, does a mix, and he had this new toy where he could basically turn all the sound right up. And if mm. you go on a jukebox this day and put Definitely Maybe on, it will come across louder than all the other albums that time because okay. that's what he did to yeah. it. He turned it right up. Um, and obviously that album just explodes. And I think we'll come back to some of the other albums. There's loads of albums. People will be familiar with all, all the albums. The follow-up, What's the Story, Morning Glory, all the hits, Wonderworld, Don't Look Back in Anger, Slide Away, all of that stuff. Uh, Champagne Supernova. But it's Nebworth because obviously a lot of things have been going on about Nebworth lately, the documentary and everything else. That's only three years after they signed um, and two and a half million people in the UK applied for tickets for it. Yeah. Um, so 250,000 people got to see the band over two nights and it's thought that there were 7,000 people on the guest list for it. Um, and I just think that meteoric rise to fame and Liam describing the band as like a Ferrari, good to look at, fun to drive mm. but will spin out of control mm. occasionally. I think the themes in here that are, are, are interesting for us to perhaps talk about is definitely the Liam and Noel. Um, the brothers Noel has, ex has explained himself as like he's like a cat he's quite independent mm. on his own and Liam's like a dog he wants people to play with him all the time you know and wants the attention and all that kind of stuff so obviously going to be a clash there but also it was Liam's band at the start Yeah, he knew he needed his brother to elevate them because he knew he could write songs but Noel came in as an older brother of Liam and almost immediately takes the mantle like I'm the creative director mm. this is what we're going to do this is how we're going to sound etc etc and that's interesting to have something almost taken off you but you know you need it but similarly I suppose Noel needed Liam's voice it's interesting is how you then go to be probably the biggest rock band of the 90s you know so just be interested to hear your thoughts in terms of how that works it's a symbiotic relationship um, Liam Gallagher's got the voice Noel Gallagher's got, Noel, Noel's got the songwriting They've both probably talked about how jealous they are of each other. Mm. Liam of Noel's songwriting. Noel of how cool Liam is in terms of how he looks and how he fronts the band. Can't have one without the other, mate. Do you know what I mean? So I think it'd be interesting to know you know, what you think about that relationship and sibling rivalry in general, if you've ever had an experience of it yourself. I, I had to go just to remind myself the name, but it it almost sounds a little bit like the Elton John, Bernie Taupin yeah. element of where one brought one element and was very, very flamboyant and very much out there. And the other one, obviously brought the songwriting and appeared to be more introvert, you know, and you've got the introvert, the extrovert, but also when you look at, you look at siblings, no siblings really are the same. Mm -hmm. No, each sibling will have different skills and different things like that. And the, 
picking up on what you said about the cat and the dog, um, I don't know if I've ever told you about the rhino and the hedgehog. Okay. And that side, uh, where it comes... I mean, we, me and Charlotte did it in our marriage prep, and it was around... Um, normally in each relationship, you'll have one person who's a rhino and one person to, who's a hedgehog. And when it comes to conflict and things, the rhino will put their head down and charge, mm-hmm. and the hedgehog will curl up and hide away and try and avoid. Mm. From what I understand, you might have two rhinos here. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> Which is where, you know, and when two rhinos clash, if you're watching the wild, there's a big bang, yeah. you know, and it's, yeah. it's carnage, it's absolute carnage because th- it's imbalanced. You know, you need to have sort of the yin and the yang, you know, for one of the better example. Like you said, the cat and the dog, and when things become almost not balanced, you know, one side is too heavy, that's where disorder and chaos will start to come into things. Interesting, I did just want to know, I'll be honest, I never heard of Inspiral Carpet. Mm-hmm. But interestingly, um, it's a theme which we touch on quite a bit. So their drummer took his own life, age 44, um, due to the result of tinnitus. And it caused 20 years of insomnia and anxiety. And Liam Gallagher uh, attended the memorial service Wow! as well. So yeah, just sort of a, as an aside, yeah, it um, sort of came to me. And I'll... I'll talk about Oasis from my side, mm. shall we? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I've tried. I've really, 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 really tried, and I just can't get on with them. Mm. I'll be honest. You no, know, I respect what they do, and I know other people have said that about other bands and stuff. I think part of it was when they were getting big, you know, so sort of let's say Nebworth, you know, '96, mm. that sort of side. I think that's where I started, aged eight, to kind of find pop punk, ska, mm. and that sort of area, which is. Yeah, I think I was just in a different crowd, mm. <laughs> in a different element. Don't get me wrong, you know, I enjoy some of the songs, you know, and obviously, like, you know the words, you know, when it comes mm. on. You know, you hear the, the chords of ones where you're like, oh, I know what that is. Yeah. Songbird's an easy song that I can play, but I don't I don't 100% know what clicks. I don't know whether it's just the Gallagher brothers or okay. there's something, but I, I'm exactly the same with Blue and Pulp. You know, I can't mm. say I'm big fans of those. I think the whole Britpop just wasn't wasn't for me but also i can appreciate how big it was yeah yeah. you know from that angle as well and so just reading in so i did and i will say i so i ran listening to nebworth Mm. and i took it on a run and it was quite good Mm. you know it was quite a good one to run to Mm. you know i listened to a lot of the remastered area bits of it as well um but i I know i was due to watch the supersonic documentary Mm. And I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and my reason behind that mm. um, was because I had an hour and I had the choice to sit down and watch that or I had the choice to go for a run. Mm. And I thought, myself, okay, I've had a tricky day at work. I'm going to put Oasis on and go for a run and explore it that way. Definitely. Sort of outside because then I'm sort of ticking two boxes. So I know they're a big thing for you. You know, anything we've said, sort of, I'm, it's just not my Yeah, yeah. My it's cup mate, of tea it's, and listen, stuff that's like probably that. Our, so. Any conversation I've yeah. Oasis, you probably will spit the room. Yeah. I think a lot of people are put off by Liam and No, if I'm honest with you. Mm-hmm. I know you haven't delved, delved deep into their music. You've done deep into their story. I suppose the, I'll try and illuminate some areas. So their upbringing is interesting. Peggy, um, you know, their mother, moved over um, from, from Ireland, mm-hmm. you know. And I think she is almost like she didn't want to do it. She okay. lands in Manchester from Ireland and she said it's just a different world and not what she expected. And she meets uh, a guy called Tommy, and um, they get you know they get married, and then they have children. Mm. So they have Paul, uh, then Noel, and then Liam. Now their dad um, beat them basically. Okay. Now who he beat the most though was Noel. 
Noel used to take the beatings. Um, Liam um, less so. Mm-hmm. Grew up obviously hating his father because he witnessed it all and he was the youngest. And that's another interesting thing that her mother says, that Noel was the apple in her eye and then Liam came along, most beautiful kid she'd seen, mm-hmm. you know, was good looking from the word go. He was always cool and everyone talked about that. He walked a certain way, he talked a certain way, he was just quite enigmatic, you know, and had that sort of aura around him. And then... Noel was a bit of a stoner when they got into their teen years when Liam was knocking about and trying to find his way. I think a lot of the songs and stuff, and it's interesting, like, you're a Noel talk about his father on the documentary because he says, like, well, I can either dwell on it or I can get on with it. Mm. You know what I mean? Whereas Liam's more like, I'll break your legs, you know, and, like, there's one bit where they go to Ireland to play. Their dad tries to get into the gig and he's hanging around in a pub that they're hanging around in after and Noel is physically holding Liam back, you know, and saying, don't, like you know mm. you and Noel's like you'll ruin the band and so even though they've done so much much more wild mm. stuff but it's like if you go family and you attack you assault you're going to be in trouble and then we've talked about tabloids so much and obviously Oasis was sucked they, you know they, they you know they got followed everywhere um they recorded they got Tommy to phone Liam mm. and recorded it the conversation so they could get news of the world it was news yeah. of the world then could they listeners could pay reader sorry could pay mm. to call the line to listen to the recording of the conversation obviously it was meant to be a very intimate conversation yeah. but the dad rings up and goes yeah I was over in Ireland oh was you Liam's like yeah and he goes I couldn't get any tickets for the show and Liam goes that's right and if I see you around I'll break your legs he basically mm. says that it's mm. on recorded tape um, so you know I think that attitude and that you know they come from Burnage in Manchester Liam said all I want to do is get some money make sure you're alright and buy myself some new clothes that was mm all he yeah. wanted to do and I think his mum still lives very humbly up there now and if you watch mm. the Liam Gallagher when you ever get time in the future watch the Liam Gallagher documentary um, you see it there that he absolutely loves going back there and spending time in his hometown but obviously he's this he can't walk down the street mm. you know and yeah. and I think it's probably the same for Noel Jimmy Noel can't walk down the street and they've both now made solo careers and every every year I hear the rumour are they going to come back? Mm-hmm. Are they going to come back? But interestingly, talking about running, you chose to go running and listen to Nebworth as opposed to watch the documentary. Mm-hmm. That's how Liam uh, manages mental health. Okay. So he turned his health round. He still has a drink. Yeah. But he turned his health round, um, got rid of drugs and stuff, but he goes running. So I'm basically Liam Gallagher then, am I? See, so you've got <laughs> more in common than you thought. Yeah. But it's a good one, yeah. isn't it, for it managing? Is. Yeah, yeah, but also with um, the sibling rivalry, mm-hmm. you know, we're sort of diving in a little bit. So there's a link I've chucked in, which... There's a few different journals and stuff. And it's, for me, it's always interesting how the older sibling reacts when a younger sibling's born. Mm. And I'm currently working with a family at the moment where that's happened, adoptive family. And when I mentioned it, the client I'm working with, well, let's say she's eight years old, she's walked out the room. Right. We had 20 minutes after the session. I mentioned the new baby and she just walked straight out of the room because it's, I can't face that. You know, it's the... Technically, you know, the feeling of rejection that can come, you know, and bringing up, you know, through being adopted, just those sort of feelings, but also the jealousy, you know, and like you said, where the way, you know, with Noel and Liam, obviously, maybe Liam holds a lot more anger because I guess Noel felt the pain. Yeah. Whereas Liam only witnessed it. Yes. So Liam had to sit and watch this happening, thinking there's nothing I can do. Yeah. I'm so young, I can't do anything. Whereas Noel was. I don't know, maybe he found a way to zone out. 
Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. You know, he he maybe became a bit immune to what was going on. Yeah. And it was like, okay, it happens. And then I guess it does. It brings in the lyric which he brought. Yeah. <laughs> you know, completely. I think from Noel's perspective, this is probably where it came from. It's like that don't look back in anger. Mm. It's such a great phrase. I mean, he had loads of these, but, you know, just the fact that time moves on and we've talked about the point you can spend so much time dwelling on the past and and technically there would have been people who would have experienced what Noel experienced and what Liam experienced mm. in terms of witnessing it who might have gone to go really off the rails mm. now so they did go off the rails but they did it while they were making probably some of the best music for a lot of people if you had in that time yeah you, you know and and change culture you know they put rock and roll back on the map because the UK had just gone through the whole dance phase like I said, Manchester, you know, Happy Mondays, Manchester scene, mm. you know, and, and the sound, they came back as a true rock and roll band, you know. And I think if Noel had spent his time dwelling on the past, he might, you know, he liked smoking weed, but he might have slipped into true drug, drug addiction mm-hmm. um, and not been able to be productive and, and do what he wanted to do. I think, obviously, he was writing songs for a long time um, because he walked when the first song he played to Liam and his band when he walked in was Live Forever mm. and like Bonehead who's the guitarist there after he finished it just turned around to him and just like you didn't you didn't fucking write that you didn't write that he's like yeah I did he's like there's no way you just walked mm. in here and you're telling me you wrote that song and from there they said it when they knew it was all different so he and he has got an incredible talent and I've said to you before about drawing comparisons to the Beatles they were probably one of the biggest UK band mm-hmm. since the Beatles. Mm. What you've got there is from a songwriting perspective, and when you go, when you get time, and, and maybe it's, there'll be another phase of your life whenever you, you fall into it, and you go through the Oasis songs, then you go through what Noel's done since on his own, which I think you'd probably enjoy more, mm. his solo stuff in terms of what he writes. He's written such a wealth of songs. It reminds me of McCartney, who could just spin a song out, yeah, like out of nothing and I think that is an incredible talent but I did want to bring your attention to something which I think I wrote in the message to you before there'd been a lot of they took a lot of drugs right um, through their career and there was a lot of bust ups Um, they never shied away from a fight I don't think anyone in the band Tony McCarroll their drummer actually left ended up suing them for songwriting he wanted Mm. some royalties and things like that but when their bass player was the quietest person in the band left them at one point from nervous exhaustion I Noel Gallagher's quote on Supersonic was Oasis wasn't for wimps okay alright and I remember that word being used so much when I was younger mm. just as a I'll stop being a wimp yeah even like you know, people in my family say it not, not like they were trying to put me down but it was like no oh don't cry now don't be upset mm. don't be a wimp come mm. on and I thought that was interesting they're grown men and that large guy I don't know it's just an like you know because I know you didn't get round to the documentary yeah. that's why I put it in the in the chat but not for wimps, lad culture, they probably did perpetuate a bit of that. Mm. And something interesting that may have come from is from his dad. So with him experiencing, you know, the abuse, yeah. you know, that came, obviously I don't know the extent of it, but that's probably a phrase that was said, yeah. you know, which is why he's so hardened because he's literally had it beaten into him. Don't be a wimp. Yeah. Don't be a wimp. You know, like you say, they grew up in an interesting area in Manchester, mm-hmm. probably exactly the same. You know, showing that vulnerability might be very hard for him. Yeah. You know, very hard for him to do. And that's why for both of you know, for both of them, that's probably why there's so much pent up aggression. Definitely. You know, because it, you know, and it, yes, they you know, I'm sure they have let it out. Obviously, you know, there's nothing saying about therapy and stuff, but mm. 
you know, who knows? You know, that that would be an interesting client, wouldn't, wouldn't it? it? You know, it's like, oh, I've got I've got a sibling group for you. Yeah. You know, they're, they're a bit older, but <laughs> and I open the door, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, it's them too. <laughs> like, oh, can you teach me the guitar? Yeah. <laughs> just, well, it'd be great for you. Well, yeah. You get the guitars out, yeah, wouldn't exactly. it? But get them talking. But yeah. I think that's the idea. They'd be and interesting to try well, it. Well, that would be the or interesting thing. It. No, the way, yeah, it, it would almost be... I'm almost planning a therapy session for these two now. Yeah, Who knows? Yeah, yeah. But I get them both to write a song for each other. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. On the one. spot, you know, you'd have like half an hour, right? Write the lyrics, write the music, and sing to each other. Yeah. And just let ever because that seems to be the way, you know, loads of people we've covered, they let it out through music. Yeah. You know, they, they tell everything, they get they let the raw um, you know, the rawness come out, you know, and just how they sing and stuff. And perhaps that's that's what they're doing you know maybe if you read more into their solo career and read mm. more into the direction if you read into anything you'll find it like a horoscope but there may be some bits well, in think there. liam gallagher wrote a song i think definitely liam moore mm. on this and i think it is that crate he's so volatile when Noel like makes a decision and goes with it mm. so like i mean when he left the band i wrote down the quote and i'm paraphrasing a bit but it's, it's with some sadness and great relief <laughs> so pick on these words i quit oasis tonight People will write and say what they like, but I simply could not go on working with Liam a day longer, right? And he left, and he won, and he mm. doesn't even, he poo-poos the idea all the time, which Liam's always the one, that, no, no, Oasis, we will do something one day. Mm. We'll have to do it for the people. He always yeah. says that, we'll have to get together and do it for the people, where Noel's always a bit more adverse to it. But if you mm. listen on Supersonic, and there's been other, like Rockfield Studios, one that we've shared before, yeah. and I think uh, Noel returned there for the What's the Story, um, Morning Glory went back to Rockfield to have an in- interview there. He's so complimentary, Liam, at that mm. time. He's like, he had, he's like, he had the best voice in rock music at that time. And I've listened to some isolated vocals. And interestingly, as well, just going off a bit, of, a bit of a tangent. Mm-hmm. But Owen Morris, the Welsh producer, said they had this amazing relationship, which probably only comes from being brothers. Mm. But Noel would walk in with a song, play it to Liam in the control room on an acoustic guitar to make sure he had all the phrasing right. Lee, this was with What's the Story, the second album. Mm. Liam would walk into the vocal booth, let's show clips of it on thing, hammer it out in one go. And there's mm. one and going, Do you need me to do any bits again? And like, No, he's like, Sweet, down the pub. Like, and he would go. Yeah. Noel then would sit in the studio for hours and add the guitars and mm. do all that stuff. Liam would go into like the town, Rockfield, and just go on drinking around the pubs. Mm. So, but that just interests, like you were saying about how oh, they sit down, they click. I bet if you got them in the room, they would start, What are you writing over there? Oh, and they would probably mm. say, like Liam would sing one back to him yeah. and he'd go well if you just yeah. change and that and again that co- collaboration together yeah and they weren't actually working through yeah I mean it would be it would be fascinating I mean imagine yeah it'd be a great it's, session it would be a I'd great session be, I, I know this goes against all your rules yeah you would yeah, yeah, yeah I know <laughs> if I ever tell you now I've got a session with a musician you're going to start asking <laughs> questions aren't you I just think like for me and I know it's a big thing for a lot of bands if we go to that 90s period the fact they did definitely maybe Huge, and they blow up from there. What's the story straight after Wonderwall, Don't Look Back in Anger, Champagne Supernova, Slide Away, Hello, all those tracks. Nebworth, then you know, mm. 96 in two years. But what I, I was reading about with Noel today, and all the stuff you said about sibling rivalry, anger probably comes into it mm. as well. A lot of it going back to your thing with Nick, but he said they he did not write a song before 1997 where he was not on cocaine. And when they mm. got to be here now, the third album, which had the biggest hype ever, when it came out, everyone was disappointed because yeah. they literally NME named it Cocaine Music. And Noel says probably in retrospect, you, you know, you're going to need to be off it to listen to mm. it because there's just like overindulgence. Is, is that my challenge for this? So, of course, no, definitely not. <laughs> um, 
kids, be careful. Yeah. But seven minute tracks, and yeah. he said, and even Noel said, every time Liam would finish a bit of his vocals, I just chuck a riff in, mm. and it's just real overindulgent music. Now you go back and you can find some good tracks in there, definitely. But um, I wanted to pull out the story as well because they, you know, like they often draw comparisons to the Beatles. Well, the Beatles when they went to America, they people were waiting for mm. them to come, and they Beatlemania was in full flow. Well, over here we probably had Oasis Mania in the UK. And then Noel's like, we fly to America. There's like, no welcome party. Mm. No one knows who we are. So they get a big gig um, at the Whiskey A Go-Go. I think you've probably okay. heard of that venue, but it's quite a big one in LA. Um, and they were taking what they thought was cocaine. And they talk about this on the Supersonic documentary, but it was crack cocaine, which kept them up all night. And they went on stage and everyone had a different um, track sheet. Mm. And they start playing songs. The bass player's playing one thing, Noel's playing another, and the drum's playing another. And I just think the whole recklessness of it, mm. like if they'd gone then, and they, now if you say play Wonderwall in America, everyone in the bar will know the song. Everyone know it, yeah. So Noel says in retrospect, we probably needed to do all that, quit Oasis, and now we've become this cult thing mm. where we're like massive. Yeah. You know, if we'd kept going, we, he said, when I left 2009, we were fading out. Mm. We weren't making music as good as we made before. We weren't enjoying it. But I still think that reckless side, like there was such a huge opportunity, wasn't it? And they almost blew it, like yeah. you know, the first time they went over. But yeah, and it's like you said, they were fading out, and maybe you know sometimes it's good to end. On, oh, you know, sometimes, yeah, it's it's good to end when you end, you know, and not get to the point where they're just chucking out almost like novelty. Yeah, oh, yeah. Go on, let's release one song this year. Or go on, now we're going to come back and it'll be our twentieth year tour. And that's you no, know, it's actually no, we're done. And that's it. Like but a firework. One, yeah. <laughs> yeah but on. one question for you now: What would make them get back together? I don't know. Okay. Like, I mean, I think the demand would be ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I mean, if they announced, I mean, they could, they could probably do a night, ten nights in a row at Wembley, and they'd still mm. have people applying. You know, it'd be the biggest thing we've seen. I'd probably look to go to yeah. I've seen them, even though it's not the big. I'd probably be one of those who like actually, I go. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I think it I don't know there's, there's huge things I think Noel said when he left that there was threats to him and his family Liam would, would mm. be quite cut in I think the night that they broke up backstage in Paris was like Liam swung a guitar at him missed him through a plummet his head which is quite comical mm. isn't it like that they finished but there's obviously a lot more to it than that um, they've been through a lot as well like Noel's been assaulted twice on stage as well like mm. they had a fan come up about the crowd and hit him and him in Newcastle and him and Liam jumped in the crowd after yeah. to get him the second time was someone run from backstage and mm. it Liam and Noel and even Liam said seeing your brother go down I went well, over went, yeah. you know no matter what's happened mm. you know um, so they got but they've got a lot of reconciliation but I was, saying, I was thinking earlier I sort of digressed a bit but the thing I was coming back to in their solo careers Noel's a bit more like said maybe he makes decision moves on Liam still yearns and he still mm. says Oasis like was the best thing ever for him even though he's got a solo career, but on his first album he brought out a song called For What It's Worth. And the lyrics for that go like, even when the song starts, in my defence, all my intentions were good. So that's the mm. brash, like, you know, it comes from a good place. And heaven holds a place somewhere for the misunderstood. And you knew, you know I'd give you blood if it'd be enough. Um, and devil's been on the doorstep since the day I was born. It's hard to find a sunset in the eye of a storm. But I'm a dreamer by design. I know in time we'll put this behind. But then the chorus, For What It's Worth, I'm sorry for the hurt. I'll be the first to say I made my own mistakes. And for what it's worth, I know it's just a word and words betray, but sometimes we lose our way. And I think if you thought of that, if he was writing that as a letter mm. to know, he's got this out mm. there as a song. Yeah. I'd be interested to get them in a room and get him to say that to yeah. him. There's your therapy session. It's <laughs> done, know? isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's just 
I think that's an amazing, you know, the, honestly, we might have to come back to them. There's mm-hmm. too much in there. Like, and I know over time, it'll be interesting. It, I don't feel like it's closed book. No. I don't know what it'll take. Liam will do it tomorrow for Well, free. Liam's put, like yeah. he tweeted in 2020 about mm-hmm. they, they were offered a million pounds for yeah. a tour. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, we could probably get a lot more than that as well. Yeah. You know, interestingly, I just went through and got some some interesting little things about them. We talked about the plum mm. and him throwing a plum and getting them, uh, you know, breaking up all that almost seems funny and the, and the onstage assaults. Um, but on the interview, uh, sorry, in the documentary, it goes into during a trip to Amsterdam. Mm. Uh, they were playing their first gig outside the UK. Obviously got their face, but they went over on a boat to Amsterdam. There was a pile of West Ham fans on the <laughs> boat at the same time. <laughs> Got into an absolutely like massive fight. Yeah, Liam was loving it. Apparently, it was like Benny Hill running around the place, but they all got arrested except Noel um, <laughs> for their altercation. So they didn't actually play the gig. They were meant to be yeah. supporting the Verve. Oh, nice in Amsterdam. Yeah, Cop, you know, messed that up. Mm. Talking about what they did in America as well. Mm. But Liam was and Noel was saying, and Liam even, if we're on the front pages of the paper, that's all we want. Yeah. So they did. They brought a bit yeah. of that. The Who back. It was making me think like Keith Moore, all the things the Who used to mm. do. Because he was saying that there was one hotel they went, they just threw everything out the window. That reminded me of like Keith Moon would blow up yeah. hotel rooms, wouldn't he? Yeah. Stuff like that. So there'd probably been a period of time where there hadn't been a band like that. And it's only 20 odd years ago, like. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think a band's done it since, really. Can you think of any bands that have really been reckless like that? That I bad? No, not off the top of my head, no. no. None of, yeah. So I think for me, I know people, and if you're an Oasis fan, you know, you mm. love us to bang on about it like all day, and I could, and I'll probably save some backs. I think, like I said, this is. There's more chapters yeah. to come, if I'm honest. What I will say is, from a relationship perspective, it was symbiotic. As much I've seen No Live and I'm seeing Liam Live next year, and I love this solo stuff, it won't compare to what they do together. And they actually had great harmony as well. When Liam and Noel sung together on tracks like Acquiesce and others, they had a great harmony. And again, that's that thing back to John and Paul, um, which we're probably going to have to come to in the new year, aren't we? The other half yes. of our Beatles yeah. special. Yeah. There's get backs going on at the moment. We're both mm-hmm. making our way we're through it. Very excited. It, yeah. um, but for me, you know, if anyone as well has got some comments, anything they'd like us to drop in the next episode of their, their thoughts on Oasis, because a load of people have asked us about this. So if you've got any thoughts, anything you'd like us to bring up, any facts that we haven't got, I've got a fact for you. Which massive company uh, sued them for $500 million? Um, because they reckon they nicked a jingle off them in one of their songs as the rhythm of their song. Who are we on about? Oasis? So, yeah, so someone sued Oasis. And it's a big drink manufacturing company, not Oasis. I think they own the Oasis drink company, actually. Oh, that might be Coca-Cola then. It is. They sued them £500 million because they wow. reckon their song, Shaker Maker, yeah. uh, ripped off their jingle, I'd like to teach the world to sing. <laughs> so we'll finish on that yeah. fact, but always for people, don't look back in anger. Yeah, so obviously, for me, I'd encourage everyone just to go and listen to a couple of albums as well. Mm. You know, we will put the links in. I will get around to watching the documentary at some point in 2024. Um, no, you know, I, I will, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll commit to watching the documentary. You know, I will get around to it. And I know it was, it. yeah, I know it was a big one for you to go through, you know, and to plan for. And it's been one that since day one, I think we've had written down to do. Mm. So now you're completely frazzled with Oasis stuff, I've got a little bit of a quiz for you. 
Because right. everyone loves a quiz. Yes. After Sunday, my quiz trip as After well. After Sunday, yeah. your trip to the quiz. Yeah. And um, actually, the time where this is coming out, I'm going to be doing the next quiz. Yes, you at are. The little TA, the Christmas quiz. So on Christmas quizzes, and I've taken this from Talk Sport, where they do a quiz at five to six in the morning when I'm on my way to the gym. And they name people whose birthday it is on that day, and you have to work out how old they're going to be. Okay. So I've got five people who were born on Christmas Day. Right, okay. So on Christmas Day, I want you to tell me how old will Justin Trudeau be? Canadian guy, MP. The Canadian, Canadian Prime Minister. Will he be 40? Will he be 40, he says. He won't. He'll be 50. Will he? He, he looks young, 50. doesn't he? He does, I know. It's like Canadian air. Is that what he calls it? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, yeah. right. And I'll go down that okay. way. I'm going to get sued by Justin yeah. Trudeau. We'll we'll go we'll go for everyone's favourite, probably one of the best quotes um, on Soccer Saturday. It's unbelievable, Jeff. How old will Chris Kamara be on Christmas Day? Side so, note: Jeff Stallings leaving Soccer Saturday. He is leaving isn't he? Soccer Saturday. I'll be leave a big yeah. leave a big gap. Yeah. Whoever goes in, um, I was wondering. Me and Sarah talking. Is a BT going to nick him? That'd be interesting. I wouldn't be surprised. Saturday, or yeah. I know they're doing. An online our oh, YouTube have got Matt Letizia and Phil Thompson. Okay, so maybe he's going. But if he went to BT, that'd be huge. But right. anyway, Chris Kamara. Yeah, Sorry. how old's Cammy um, gonna be? He's been sent off, has he, Jeff? <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I thought he'd sent. Um, Sixty-six. Oh, three years out. Sixty-four. Two years out. Sixty-three <laughs> at the moment. My math is going well. Okay. That's not bad. That's not bad. So we're going to move on to some singers now. Um, Annie Lennox. Oh. How good. old will Annie Lennox be on Christmas Day? Goodness, is it birthday as well? Is it? Um, yep. Okay. It's a way of getting a lot of happy birthdays, isn't it? I know. Go. Okay, Annie Lennox. He's thinking, I'll fill some air. 71? 71, he says. She's going to be 67. Oh. Oof. Okay. I'm in the ballpark, except for Justin Trudeau's miles up. Yeah. But. Well, I know we've done Eminem, so I thought I'd bring in someone who's done some work with Eminem <laughs> once I can get my teeth back in. How old's Dido going to be on Ooh, Christmas Day? Oh, Dido's an interesting one, so she would have been... Ooh, here we go. He's properly working this one out. 43. 50. Is she? On Christmas Day. She must have come yeah. through a bit old, like older than I thought she yeah. was. When... So Dido is the same age as the Canadian Prime Minister. Wow. <laughs> and one more, because I know you're a fan of these, and they do have, some say it's a Christmas song, some say it's not a Christmas okay. song. Well, I'll let other people decide. How old is Shane McGowan going to be on Christmas Day? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I mean... I was going to say, he's going to look older than what <laughs> yeah, so. He's got quite the life. He's one for the future. The he pose. is one. He'd be a good one. Um, yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Let's work this out. Guys, go. hmm. I'm going to I'm going to go for 64. Yes! Is he's that right? one. <laughs> yeah. right. He's right. Yes! <laughs> the last one. One out of five. 64. <laughs> when I'm 64. There we go. Great quiz. Love that, mate. Thank you. Two in the ballpark, two yeah, miles out, and one bang on. Yeah. I'll take that. I love that on talk sport. They do that's it. Good. Every, it's about ten to six every morning. Is it? And they do sports stars or famous people, and you just got to get yeah. Oh, that's a great idea. It's really good fun. That's actually, a great idea. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed that. Yeah.
Okay, love that. Love that quiz. That's good fun. And actually, if you're a quiz writer out there, what a round. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it. What yeah. a round. Easy to do. Um, okay, but this is the point where we drop anchor. And mm -hmm. we are up to chapter 18. And I know you'll have, again, written this days ago, wouldn't you, mate? And yeah, really well, prepared. actually, I, I did do it. I was going to say 16 hours ago, but no, it was about one hour, 16 minutes ago. <laughs> In true tradition. Close enough. 16 hours ago, I would have been up at like, oh no, that's 10 o'clock. Oh no, I might still be awake then. Who knows? Right. So, chapter 18. Here we go. Dr. Rosewater pulled his coat up to cover his neck from the wind chill. He could hear revelers in the distance. Never enjoyed the overindulgement of Christmas. The quickest route to Gavin was through the centre of town, which meant negotiating Christmas shoppers and drinkers. Normally, Dr Rosewater would take the back route and then the underpass, but this was an emergency. Direct route it was. The smell of stale beer and cigarettes wafted up his nostrils. The sight of people dressed skimpily, arm in arm with each other, awakened a part of him the doctor thought was long gone after his last breakup, after the years of therapy. Putting his head down, he walked quickly past the bars, aware of people looking at him, pointing, staring. One person bumped into him, and the doctor's sheer size sent him sprawling to the ground. He didn't stop, didn't look to notice. Then the person was running after him, shouting something about coffee, dropping it as they pursued the doctor. It was then he saw him. He saw Gavin dancing in the street, headphones on. Gavin seemed to hear the commotion. He didn't see the doctor, but saw the tail end of the chase. They stumble. The doctor glances back to see Gavin stood over the person. They're talking about not wanting to be hurt, to listen to each other, to follow each other. The doctor watches from a distance, follows silently behind, his head throbbing from the chase. They go past the statue, up a familiar route, and pause at the door. The doctor slinks behind a parked car. He sees them pause, look around, and go through the door. The green door closes behind them. The doctor watches. Boom, 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 boom. Un nuestro proximo viaje. Spanish? On our next voyage. Oh. Oh, you enjoy this, didn't you? I am. I think I've run out now, though. <laughs> no, there's loads of languages, Brit. Yeah, I know, but not that I can pronounce. Not none. I can't even do English. I challenge you Chinese next week. Yeah. Just learn English. <laughs> yeah, so as normal, this is where we set each other a challenge. Everyone else set everyone else a challenge. I know a few people, um, well, I say a few people, Kiwi has sent us a quiz, which we will he do has, at some point. He? he sent yeah. us a, a Christmas quiz, so we'll sit down, we'll have a little go at that, hopefully get him on. Um, at some point either in the new year so we can run through it but yeah what what am I doing what am I doing this week you are going to do and I've been thinking about this oh no <laughs> no no it's a straightforward one but I want you to have a I want you to have a meat free day over the next week one day where you don't eat meat but what I want you to do though as well is just and it's easy to find bring some of the benefits of cutting down your meat consumption by what would that be, 15, 20%, something like that for that week. I'm not saying you have to do it permanently, but just a chance to reflect and then bring some of the benefits mm -hmm. of that to the listeners next week. Mm 
We'll do. There's also an interesting documentary I watched recently about that, oh, about okay. people who've given up meat or gone vegan, um, sports sports people. So they test it on, I think it's Jacksonville Jaguars players. Okay. To see the difference in the benefits. So have a think about that. But yeah, no problem. Obviously, Charlotte's parents are vegetarian. Charlotte's family. So I think we'll go around at some point. Um, yeah. And, and I've, I gave up meat for Lent one year. Oh, did you? So I have done it. So there is benefits and I will... Yeah, I'll endeavour to do that. And for you, so we're coming up to Christmas. I'm using the word, we're in December. Yeah. Um, I don't have any presents off you yet. So just saying that, that's not your challenge. It's not Christmas yet. Christmas is busy. Christmas is always busy, socialising, seeing people, doing everything like that. I want you to spend just some time on your own. Mm-hmm. Whether it's an evening where you decide to go out on a walk and do one of your walks for a little bit, whether when you're away, when people decide to, you know, for work, you know, you just go back a little bit earlier, just spend some, because it's so busy with socialising. Sometimes yeah. you just want to sit in a dark room. So sit in a dark room and don't talk to anyone. I haven't been on a walk for ages, mate. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So there you go. No, that's Well, let's chuck cool. that in then. Yeah, walk. Do a walk. Yeah, yeah. Do a walk on your own around Christmas. I will do that, mate. Thank you. All right, good one there. And um, I think as well, interestingly, it's always good to bring like bands where we have got a difference of opinion. We haven't done that mm. very often. I mean, we haven't really challenged that side of it very no. often. Yeah. I know like, you know, like you've brought less than Jake in the past, which is not something I knew a lot about, mm. you know, and we've had to go off and find some stuff about it. Um, but they are probably the, the quintessential Marmite band. Yeah. Whether like yeah. You, you've sung Wonderwall on the top of your voice in a bar because everyone probably Where has at some point. Yeah, I was probably next to you in yeah. Germany. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I hope people enjoyed you. And please, you know, send in your Oasis facts. Um, I'm sure the book isn't closed on that one. Um, Alan McGee himself, interestingly, I had a comment off someone like Matt Osborne. I'll shout him out now. He's got a great book by Alan McGee because mm. he had a bit of a life himself okay. and he's got his book he was going to send to me I know Alan McGee's actually out on a tour you know when they do audiences mm. with yeah he's yeah. actually out and about okay. the world. you can follow him on Instagram mm. and find him I, I'm sure he's got a story or two to tell but a um, couple of things shall we go to your feedback from Miley Fish yep. from the last yeah, episode yeah so my dad got in touch and he enjoyed the Miley Cyrus podcast first of all that shocked me but he said he didn't know much about her no and he said that actually the fact that He's impressed just actually how much research we do. He said it sounded like we both researched it well. Um, he said, well done, because we're nearly at the big five zero. Yes. You know, we're, we're getting there. But also, he did correct me on one thing. Apparently, at the start of the Mighty Cyrus podcast, I said, you were going downstairs. Actually, you go down below on a ship. Oh, okay. So, I need to remember that. Um, <laughs> so, that's one thing. And obviously, everyone's Spotify wrapped came out. Yes. Which has led to me and Charlotte splitting up our spotify yes because she's fed up of having all of my music at the top of hers (laughs) but it's nice to see that a few hardcore fans we are the podcast to listen to yeah so i know sam kerry charlotte you know i know for all of them they've shared it about yeah how we just come out we're really encouraging people aren't we because it is a boost for us isn't it It yeah we do do everything off our own back so Mm. we know we're going to be in some people's top five on the podcast so just sharing with us nick please yeah please yeah share let us yeah because obviously like you know we take we do this in our own time we put no money there's no money behind this no 
at it costs all. us money it costs us money essentially t-shirts. But yeah <laughs> and we do also have a medium t-shirt still there to go so if you want to get in touch or if you want to share or whatever you know we'll keep our eyes on it and yeah just tell us why you should win a t-shirt you know yeah. why do you want it what are you yeah. going to do with it apart yeah. from burn it you know and graffiti keep it keep you warm when the this country yeah. collapses over the next few i mean months. i know we might go into a toilet roll shortage but please <laughs> Please don't use us for that. No. (laughs) It's recyclable. Yeah, yeah, no, send us in. Um, We've got... It's recyclable. (laughs) It is recyclable. (laughs) It is. is. It's from Thread Lightly Clothing, and that's what he does. Yeah. That's what he does. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think for us, it's been quite a year, and we're probably going to... We've got this one, which you've just listened to. Yep. We've got a bit of a treat Mm -hmm. for people. And then we've got our final one of the year, our which we'll reveal yeah. late, later on because we've got a bit of a special lineup. So two specials before the end two of the specials. year, really, before yep. the end of the year. Um, I'm sure in the last one we will reflect on the year, mm. won't we, as well? Um, and it's been quite a ride, mate, so it far, has. but we'll save our yeah. comments and thoughts for that anyway. Um, but until, obviously, the next time, we need to let people know how to get in touch. It's always in the bio. Instagram, at Captain and CookPod. Twitter, i got to do some work yeah. on it. <laughs> I did look at it the other day, funnily did, enough. Well yeah, yeah, yeah. And closed um, it again. There's nothing on there worth a t-shirt for anyone. Yeah. Just let them know that. Yeah. It's at Captain and Cook one Send us some emails on it. Mm. We really like to see some emails. So that's how QE communicates yeah. all the time, isn't yeah. it? But it's Captain and Cook Pod and A and D, Captain and Cook Pod at gmail.com. But until next time, it is a trial from me. And it's a trial from him. Okay, done. Let's go to the pub. Ooh. That's one for you, Andrew. Like when you're forceful. <laughs> um, right, okay. I'm, I'm the Liam, am I, or the Noel? Which one, I, which one would I be? You'd be Noel. Would I? Yeah, I'm Liam, yes, and I'm running around getting excited, and you'd oh, just yeah. be like, right, come on. Oh, come I on, you idiot. Get Focus. And you like it because Noel's nickname is the boss. Oh, there we are. Oh, well, I am. Yeah. Actually, I want to be Noel now. <laughs> no, I'm the boss. <laughs> I'm Noel. Fuck off. Nora's Noel is fine. <laughs> De- Nora's Noel, yeah. yeah. You could be Gwigsy. <laughs> <laughs> they left because you had a nervous breakdown. They all go, yeah. you bloody wimp when yeah. you come back. <laughs>